Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design, a podcast that teaches you how to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm a professional interior designer, realtor, and advanced feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me an energy design expert, helping you find, create, and design the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is going to be a real treat for all of my pet owners. So at the beginning of the year, I was telling you about the nonsense that I was going through with my cat, Harley. I took him to the vet. He had suddenly started losing a lot of weight and I took him to the allopathic vet and she told me that uh, he had cancer or some kind of liver failure or both. She wasn't really sure and she wanted me to immediately do a bevy of tests. Oh my God. She wanted me to do so many tests and she wanted me to start them on steroids right away. And it just didn't feel right really with what she was saying and what she was wanting to do. And I thought, you know, if he really does have cancer, then, you know, I have always heard from very spiritual people that cats are very divine spiritual beings and you just got to let them be. You just got to let them do their process and, and, um, that's what animals do. They, they die in their own way. And, and I think a lot of times as, as pets, especially with the veterinarian system, we are led to believe that we need to force the process or change the process in some way and, and try to control the outcome. So I wanted to do my research. I wanted to process the information, especially knowing what this year is all about, which FYI, uh, quick little side note here, uh, the astrology and feng shui workshop part two, uh, is now up and live and ready for purchase. Yay. Uh, Sharita Starr and I came back together for part two. We uh, put together a workshop at the beginning of the year, and now part two is available just so that you can have an idea of what to expect with the energy over summer and how to utilize feng shui to stay grounded and really thrive. But the energy of this year is all about Gemini and Mercury. Mercury is really the uh, reigning supreme planet, and Mercury is very fast, very, very fast. It's the fastest planet. So things are moving at a high rate of speed. You have to really discern information that's coming at you and you need to take the time that's necessary to uh, not make rash decisions and to think clearly and to uh, be able to come at things with true wisdom. And I really felt that this information was coming at me very quickly and I did not want to make a rash decision. Thank God I have Sharita in my life. And I knew uh, that's why we do these workshops to help you be aware of what to expect and what's going on. It, it just gives you an awareness of why things are showing up the way they are and you may be feeling things and not fully understanding why. And, and we talk about it in the workshop. We go into great detail and uh, share with you uh, just what the planets are doing and why the heck the energy feels the way that it is. And so I came home and I thought, you know what? I was told last summer that I needed a root canal. And I was damn sure that I was not going to get a root canal. And guess what? I didn't. 
I persevered, I did my research, and I put the energy into it. Uh, One of my dear friends says, Amanda, you got to throw energy into it. So that's exactly what I did. And I'll admit it was a little messy. It was a little sloppy. My mom thinks I did a great job. She was like, you know what? You did a damn good job. You're you're a good pet owner. You're a good pet mama. And, you know, you you persevered. And that's not sloppy. That's not messy. That's a good mama. So thanks, mom. (laughs) But it I found out I had to persevere. I went to a holistic veterinarian. It was very hard to find someone. Actually, the the vet that I ended up taking Harley to is actually retired. I had to beg and plead and moan and groan to get him to take me on as a patient or take him on as a patient. But it was eye-opening. I discovered that he did not have cancer. And yes, he did have liver failure, but it was due to food allergies it turns out that he is allergic to chicken, turkey, lamb, peas, and pumpkin. So, oh, and also corn, which is his cat litter. So I discovered that he was allergic to all of these things. And even though I was feeding him a very high quality, very expensive cat food that did not have grains or uh, processed crap in them and things that you can't pronounce, it's a high quality food. They had turkey and chicken and pumpkin and all of the things that he's allergic to. So yes, his liver was in failure because it was overloaded from all the uh, allergies. So I ended up what got really messy was just trying to determine what this cat could actually eat oh my gosh I I was like oh my god if he can't eat like the staples like I I went and spent a good three hours at two different pet stores here in Nashville and like every single thing on the shelves every single cat food chicken turkey chicken turkey turkey and chicken and I was like oh my gosh like what do you feed a damn cat that can't have chicken and turkey. So that to me is where it got a little sloppy and messy. I had to do a lot of research and, and I learned about this concept called novel proteins. And novel proteins are things that are not commonly found on pet shelves like chicken and turkey. So for example, a novel protein could be rabbit, it could be duck, uh, it could be elk. Um, we've been doing pork, elk, duck, rabbit. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else we've done. We've done a, a boar. We've tried that. So novel proteins are things that just aren't common. They're not commonly found in pet foods. And uh, a thing called one sourced protein. This was very challenging to find. I couldn't find uh, novel proteins that were one source. So I might be able to find, say, a duck recipe, but it would have turkey broth in it, or it would have turkey and chicken livers in it. or So one sourced protein means that within the cat food is only one protein. Everything in it is duck. Everything in it is rabbit sort of thing. So it took me, uh, I would say, close to two months of profound research. Oh my God, I I probably could be a veterinarian at this point. I've done so much research on nutrition. Um, But that is how I found uh, who we are going to be having on the show today um, is Identity Pet Foods. Um, This, 
I mean, holy cow. Jeremy, who we're going to be talking to today, is the owner of Identity Pet Foods, and this company changed my life. I knew that I was going to transition. Uh, I have three cats. I knew that I would be transitioning them to a raw diet, but I was most concerned about the vitamins. Uh, it's very critical that cats especially get thiamine. Um, it's a B vitamin and, and several other vitamins. And if they eat a raw uh, cat food, if they or if they eat raw, uh, and it supposedly when it has uh, some bone in it, uh, it can uh, oxidize when it hits oxygen. And so they may not get the amounts of nutrition that they need. So I knew that I would want to have at least canned food twice a day for them so that they not only got the nutrition, but also side note, Amanda likes to travel occasionally. So having a pet sitter come in and saying, uh, here's this raw beef and raw duck, just throw it at the cat a couple times a day. You know, I mean, it's hard enough being a pet sitter and, you know, you're dealing with animals that you don't know, but now you got to deal with raw meat. Gross, you know, I mean, <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that I did have some high quality uh, canned cat food that I could offer so that if I did go out of town, you know, they were used to something. So what I love about Identity Pet Foods is that they are extremely high quality. Uh, they're human grade. One of the things that I love about them is when I open the can, they smell so good. Oh my God, they smell like good human food, um, which is very rare. Cat food usually stinks and it's disgusting and ugh. But identity is not that way. It smells very good. It's very high quality. It is uh, expensive. It's more expensive than your average pet food found at like, say, PetSmart or something. But well worth it because you're avoiding uh, veterinarian fees. So to me, it's it's uh, a good payoff. But they have really great uh, high-end human-grade food. They are novel proteins. Uh, they have things like duck, rabbit, bison, uh, quail. They have a fantastic quail that Harley really loves. And these are not things that are commonly found on the shelves. So identity saved me. Uh, I, I was really struggling to find novel proteins that were one source protein and identity fits the bill. They check all the boxes and they also have a great subscription program where you literally get your foods delivered every like eight to 10 weeks. So it's like, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. But I love what they're doing. I love that they are disrupting the pet food industry and they're trying to make dramatic changes in how pets are fed and the the way that it's viewed upon, the way cat food and even dog food, uh, I think that many brands that are out there, the, the types of proteins that they use, you know, they're using leftover pieces of carcasses that uh, are not human grade. And it's quite disgusting when you really get into the research of it all, of, of you know, how pets are fed. And the idea of kibble, you know, kibble is not good for them because it's loaded with carbohydrates and, and a lot of crap that their bodies cannot digest. That's why cats uh, and dogs often get so overweight. It's really hard on their lymph system and they can end up with thyroid issues. It's hard on their digestive systems, which is why you'll see digestive issues, throwing up, urinary tract infections. So uh, that was probably the biggest challenge was getting uh, the kids off of the kibble because they were used to having something available to them at all times. But it's now uh, May and we've been on this routine now since January and it's been fantastic. 
I feed them identity pet food. They'll get something, a little nibble in the morning, which is great for their kidneys and it gives them the vitamins and they'll get a little bit in the evening, but throughout the day, they're also getting raw. Uh, as far as raw goes, I typically will do rabbit or elk or beef or duck, uh, you know, just really fun, uh, weird meats that are known as novel proteins. Um, but I think what's really fantastic is that when I took Harley into the vet, he was at six pounds, which was uh, very, 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 very bad for him. Uh, the last time that I had taken him into the vet, he was about 12 pounds heavier. So he had lost a, a pretty dramatic amount of weight. And I'm happy to say that he's back up to 10 pounds now. His coat looks amazing. And my girls um, are thriving. Their coats look fantastic. My tabby cat actually has colors coming in that I didn't even know that she had. And Winnie Pooh has always had severe digestive issues. She's always had really bad, it's why her name is Winnie Pooh, P-O-O, because she's always had diarrhea. And I was always told, I took her to a bunch of different vets, and I was always told that, you know, uh, because uh, her digestive system did not develop properly, it's, uh, she would never be able to fully absorb her foods. Well, since she's been on the raw diet and the novel proteins, we've had zero issues. And my tabby cat had bald arms, which I have since learned was a food allergy. So everyone is thriving on this new diet. And, you know, I consider myself a, a pretty educated person. I thought that I was doing a pretty damn good job with what I was feeding the kids. And I was feeding them a very high-end cat food. And this experience disrupted everything. I was like, holy cow, I'm not doing as well as I thought I was. So that is why I'm doing today's show. If you have pets, I think it's uh, very important for you to learn about these things and to know that companies like Identity uh, are coming on the scene and um, disrupting the pet food industry and really trying to feed our pets better. They are family. And, you know, I think it's really sad when I was growing up, the the animals that we had would often live to be 20 years old. And I've noticed that... Uh, I hear all the time and I've experienced it myself that most cats are only living to be about 10 to 12 years old and then they get some type of weird disease, whether it's a cancer or um, my Nike cat got di diabetes and, you know, I, I just, I didn't know. I didn't know that holistic options were available to me. So when you know better, you do better. And that's what today's show is about. I want to educate you about the options that are available out there so that if you're a pet mom or a pet dad, you can start changing and disrupting uh, the foods that you feed your animal and change, dramatically change their health. All right, everyone. Are you ready to do this? Hell yeah. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, Jeremy. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yes, we were having a little bit of tech difficulties, but we got it all figured out. We're good to go. So I stumbled on identity out of sheer need and panic. And I was really relieved to find not only, you know, a novel protein for my cat, but a novel protein source that was in a can because I was in a crisis. I, I discovered uh, earlier this year that my, which I've been taking my cat to the vet for years and I couldn't get any information. Nobody could tell me anything. Took him to a holistic vet and he was like, it's food allergies. And I was like, wait, what? Like for a decade, I've been trying to figure out what's going on with this cat. And this holistic doctor's like, yeah, you, you got to feed 
the cat novel proteins. He's allergic to chicken and turkey and pumpkin and all these things. He's like all the standard stuff that's in cat foods. You need to find novel proteins and they've got to be really high end. And lo and behold, I hit the internet and I find identity. So what prompted you to start this company? You know, uh, kind of a long story. I'm actually third generation in the pet food industry. So grew up in it uh, back in the 80s. My grandpa had a distribution company and sold farm seed. And then in 95, uh, my mom and dad started a natural distribution company. And so grew up in that and learning about a lot of big brands now uh, that a lot of people are probably familiar with um, that are more natural, holistic, like Stella and Chewy's, Honest Kitchen, uh, Taste of the Wild, uh, some of the big brands now that are more popular. And I ended up going to the University of Michigan to go uh, to college and got my degree, stayed out there a year after and worked in online advertising and then moved back uh, to Colorado where I was born and raised in 2012 and was actually going to go down a different route, going to go down the investment banking route. was in the middle of uh, a long, like 16 round interview. And uh, so to keep my mind fresh, I uh, got into pet food and started making deliveries for another company um, in the industry that my company, my family had started and fell into developing another brand uh, and really grew that uh, from 2012, I guess, until uh, 2017. In May 2017, I left that company, didn't have any ownership um, and really didn't have uh, much influence anymore. And a lot of the decisions they were making, I didn't agree with. And so left, uh, that company ended up in financial trouble and actually tried to buy that company to redo their products. When that didn't work, um, I had already been started August, 2017. I filed for the trademark for the name identity and I'd been thinking over that summer since I wasn't working um, full-time on that project, how, how I developed my own company. And so finally in February of 2018, we set out to start identity and had been looking at manufacturers. And in March of that year, traveled up to Canada um, to a small manufacturer in Quebec, Canada, and sat down and had a nice conversation with the primary owner of that facility and really told him what we were trying to do. When you look at the pet food space, there's a lot of foods, a lot of great foods, um, but we thought we could do a lot better. And we thought there was still a lot of room for innovation, especially in the wet category or canned category. And we thought that's where we could be most innovative. Uh, my brother and I own the company. We operate the company. Um, so right now it's basically us two and a couple of people who help us. Um, but we really wanted to focus on innovation. And to us, long-term pet nutrition is coming into where people want human quality ingredients. There's currently a lot of foods that use what we call rendered ingredients or ingredients. I always tell people, if you imagine a whole chicken after you take the breast meat, all the loin cuts and all that good uh, muscle meat off that we like to eat, they'll take what's left, the carcass, and they'll boil it down into a powder or render it into another ingredient. And that's commonly what goes in pet food. 
most of your cans nowadays, they'll use a whole chicken carcass or whole beef. And there's a lot of bone material in there. And we said, you know what? There's a lot of reasons you don't want that bone material. A lot of the concerns that we're seeing with dogs and cats uh, come from high mineral content. So high ash, high calcium, high phosphorus, um, high magnesium. And we said, we want more of a balanced approach there because we're seeing a lot of urinary issues in dogs and cats, uh, things like that. So we set out with a formula to produce a food that used a simple equation, all human quality ingredients, regionally sourced using only breast cut, loin cut, and fillet cuts, and then delivered that um, fresh, never frozen from those regional farmers. And we're one of the first, I think the first in canned pet food to really focus on using fresh, never frozen ingredients that are only the breast, loin, and fillet cut. And a lot of our success comes from simply that equation and using the higher quality ingredients. When people ask me, what's the secret to your food? Really the big secret is the quality that we're using. Now it's a little more expensive and that's probably why most pet food companies haven't done this but there's a huge market opportunity out there um, with people wanting a diet that's specifically low in carbohydrate and then low in those trace minerals that I mentioned. And we're able to achieve that through ingredient quality and then keeping our diets very simple. So the base of our diets is six simple ingredients. So if it's a turkey diet, you have turkey, turkey liver. Um, he's got a little bit of coconut oil in there. We use a small amount of agar agar that gives it a consistency um, and a texture so that the pet will eat it. Um, we have a small amount of carrot in there as well. And that's really the bulk of the ingredient. I guess we have turkey broth in there as well. Um, and then you have added vitamins and minerals in a very small amount to really balance out the diet. So that's kind of from the high level, an overview of what we're doing with a hyper focus on using high quality ingredients that you and me would wanna eat that also balance out specifically the mineral content of the food so that it's uh, appropriate for our pets. Yeah, I was really excited to find you because it was a bit of a shit show to be quite honest, I, you know, I've been trying for a decade to, to understand what was wrong with them. His fur kept breaking out and, um, you know, nobody could give me a real answer as to what was going on. And I went to other holistic nutritionists. I went, you know, to allopathic veterinarians and nobody could give me a real solid answer. And last year I started to notice that he was starting to really get thin. And by last fall, I mean, he was just like bone thin. You could feel his spine and his hips. And I'm like, something is not right here. Something is wrong. And I took him back to the vet and the vet was like, oh, it, you know, his liver's failing. He probably has cancer. You know, we can, we can call in a, a specialist um, and, and start getting him on chemotherapy. And like, she didn't even know for sure. And she's just throwing at me like drugs and let's do steroids. And, and I'm like, no, this doesn't feel right to me. There's got to be a reason that this is happening. And I happened, um, to just on a 
crazy whim through a friend. I found a, a holistic veterinarian here in town. He's been here actually for 30 years and he's been trying to retire. He only works one day a week and no longer takes new patients. So I went down to his office and I basically pleaded with him to help me with my cat. I brought pictures and, and all of these things. And so uh, he ran an allergy test on him and come to find out, you know, he was severely allergic to turkey, chicken, peas, salmon, lamb. I mean, basically everything I was feeding this cat was what he was allergic to. And I was feeding him a pretty good high quality brand. I, you know, I had done my due diligence. So I thought, and the doctor said, well, you've got to nix all of that stuff out and you've got to start feeding them novel proteins. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And he's like, you know, you've got to find something that's uh, different than what's in all of the canned foods. And you need to get something that's, you know, um, very limited ingredient and something that's going to give him the thiamine and the vitamins. Basically what would ha has happened is that his liver was in complete failure because his body had basically just given out because he was allergic to these things and he wasn't absorbing any of the nutrition. That's why he had gotten so thin. So I hit the internet and I'm like, okay, if he can't eat all of these basic things, like what the hell can he eat? And the doctor was like, you know, try to find duck or quail or, and so, you know, I go to Petco and I'm like, okay, what, what could I rabbit, you know, and everything that I was looking at had salmon oil or pumpkin or peas. And he's allergic to all of that. And so I hit the internet and it took me a little bit of time, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to search for duck. And that's how I found identity. And I looked at it and I was like, okay, it is, it's, it's almost uh, twice what I was paying for my food before. And I was like, okay, if they'll, if they'll let me sample some of this so I can see if he's going to like it, this could be a real winner because this is novel. It's simple ingredients and it's a flavor that he's not allergic to. And right. Amen. Hallelujah. He actually liked it. And I was like, okay, y'all keep like, I, now I need to try the quail. <laughs> yeah. I, so we've now got him on duck quail and pork and i'm i've also got him on a raw diet he's eating uh raw rabbit and duck and some other things but the canned was really important for the nutrition to get him the vitamins and um to make sure that you know if i did travel or something that i had an alternative that he can eat and to me i think identity is the perfect solution i mean it, it truly is a good quality pet food yeah, we've we've really worked to target a lot of these issues that we see. The story that you just gave, we hear every day. I mean, uh, uh, 30 minutes ago, I got off the phone with someone who called and had a similar story. And we've really are starting to see kind of the same core set of issues, either a food sensitivity. We see a lot of kidney disease, a lot of IBD or um, upset in the GI system, diabetes and overweight pets thyroids becoming bigger and stones and really the root cause of a lot of that we believe at identity is inflammation in the pet's body so we've been intentional with our diets to cut down on inflammation and we do that through a couple of ways we like wet food and cans because it really is that format where you can get the highest amount of meat and it's minimally processed kibbles which i know a lot of people are used to uh you know, there's some good kibbles out there, but the reality is there's a lot of legumes in there and not as much meat and it's processed through a lot of heat. 
cans are minimally processed. And I'm always telling people canning is a natural preservation method. We think of it, oh, the meat's cooked, whatever. No, it's sterilized. So we bring it to a temperature that takes out all the harmful pathogens, but it's sterilized and naturally preserved as a can. So you're getting a lot of the benefits of the raw nutrients in there. And actually the University of Illinois is doing a lot of studies into this that lightly cooking meat actually brings out more of the beneficial nutrients for our pets. And so that's why we like canning from a high level as well as the moisture content. The reality is most of our pets aren't getting enough moisture and cans are really the only way that we can do that. You get a lot in their diet, a pate like ours, as a minimum guarantee of 78% moisture. A kibble, for example, is only 10% moisture. Um, so we really like the cans for that reason. You get high moisture content, high meat content. We don't have to use ingredients like potatoes or peas or legumes that are sticky and really high in carbohydrates to bind it. So we can keep a really high meat content, low carb content. And then we add in coconut oil. And there's a lot of talk about coconut oil out there, a lot of misconception. We always like to cut through that for people. We, we use it in a small amount, so 2 to 3% in our diets. And it's really critical. A lot of people don't realize it's the only fat source that's naturally antimicrobial, antifungal, antibacterial, and antiviral. And it really targets sugars and yeast. And a lot of pets we're finding have a lot of inflammation in their body from sugars and yeast. And we believe it's the root cause of this. So we're able with that coconut oil and its benefits to reduce that inflammation further with a high meat, moderate fat, low carb diet um, that just works wonders for a ton of pets. And like I said, we hear the story that you just shared every day and we hope that we're able to do something, especially on the cat side. The reality is a lot of companies haven't focused on cat nutrition, especially premium cat nutrition. And with COVID and everything we've gone through the last year, we're really seeing a, a renewed focus on feline nutrition. And we really feel like we're leading the way with a diet that just overall is great for their balanced health and really focused on upsetting that market. A lot of pet food companies will sell more dog food than cat food. We're actually proud of this fact. We sell about 70% cat food, 30% dog food. We're really taking notice there and really trying to help attack a lot of the issues you see, especially in relation to the pet owners that want to find a low ash, low calcium and phosphorus diet, but that's high meat. Um, so, yeah. I'm just, I'm thrilled that you, you guys are doing what you're doing and that you're, you know, not only innovating, but I feel like you're dominating. Um, you're right. There's, I, I can't tell you how much I found, um, for the, uh, premium dog food level. There, there were so many options. And in fact, most of the, uh, holistic pet stores that I have here in Nashville, I would say that 85 to 90% of the store is devoted to the dog in the, the dog industry. And there's like, oh yeah, the cat corner in the back, right? Like go all the way to the back of the store and that's where you're going to find the cat product. And I'm like, really? Like, 
and most of the uh, stuff that they carry is not, you know, it's mixed proteins. And it, it's, if you've got to look at the ingredient label and there's 40 things in there, it's like, I'm not even going to bother, but yeah, it's really, it's really hard when you've got a sensitivity and most diets on the market have multiple ingredients. They're using Turkey chicken. And a lot of that comes into how they're formulating. They're trying to formulate to the least cost method. They're afraid that people won't pay for it. And we've really taken the alternative approach. We're focused on what's healthy for the animal. We don't reformulate our diets constantly. We don't use least formula. We use high quality ingredients. If the price of the ingredients goes up, our product might go up. We try to keep value there while also providing a limited ingredient, single protein solution. Because like you said, there just isn't a lot of that um, out there, especially on the cat side. And it's hard to figure out what your pet is sensitive to uh, if you can't do an elimination diet. You can only be allergic to protein. And so you need to feed your pet these proteins to see if they have the antigen response um, that will cause a sensitivity. Um, And there's just not a lot of good options out there. So we offer, gosh, I guess it's 11 options now, everything from chicken and turkey and beef some more you got some really cool ones too like you've got the pork and the bison and the quail and you got a lot of stuff that most manufacturers don't have and you don't mix the proteins exactly pork you know pork's a relatively new one for the cats and um we're seeing great response there our pork's only two percent fat as well because we use the loin um duck we have duck as an option. And actually, oh my gosh, Harley loves the duck. <laughs> <laughs> loves fast, it. Our fastest movers, believe it or not, it's our most expensive because they're really novel. But our quail, our bison, and our rabbit. And um, he loves you know, the quail. I wish I could do the rabbit, but you put pumpkin in it and he's allergic to pumpkin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With rabbit, it's tough. Um, rabbits obviously are small animals. And so in their meat naturally comes higher in ash. And so with our mandate um, internally to produce a lower mineral mineral content diet, um, especially ash becomes hard to control in there. So we have to use a little bit more um, different ingredients to lower that ash that are non-meat based. Um, So we do have the pumpkin in that, but. uh, He loves the quail. The quail is, you know, fantastic. I mean, it's just nice that it's limited ingredient and that I, I now have him on pork, duck, and quail. Um, in fact, I just got my shipment today. My I'm on my, you have the subscribe every eight weeks. I'm getting my duck, yep. pork, and quail. <laughs> yeah, our auto ship and save. And I'm glad to hear that you're rotating. We really promote that. Um, we think that long-term it helps cut down on sensitivities. There's some anecdotal evidence I think even a little research coming along now that we have so many pets now that are sensitive to chicken or turkey and some of the common proteins just because they've been used so much in pet food over so many years. And so we always tell people rotate, it builds different amino acids in the pet's body. And we really think amps them up for optimal nutrition. And then we get in even for people that want to take it a little bit further and really get into deeper um, nutritional philosophy. We get into Chinese medicine with warming and cooling proteins and really trying to find the yin and yang in that pet's body 
um, by the belief there being in the summer months when, when it's hotter, there's meats that make the body heat up like beef. And if you feed a cooling protein like salmon or a fish, then you can cool that pet's body down because it doesn't take as much energy to metabolize. In the winter, when it's cold and they need some warmth, feed them beef, helps heat their body up. And then in those um, times, spring and fall, when we're changing seasons, feed them a neutral protein that's more moderate to help them transition. And it's interesting, this, the results you see there when you take it a step deeper and really achieving that optimal balance based on seasonality, because a lot of people don't realize it, but pets are very much seasonal eaters. As we get into the summer, our business slows down significantly because pets are eating less. In the winter, they eat more. And we just don't think about that. It's becoming more common, but we're always telling people rotate. And then if you want to take it a step further, uh, we have a great blog on our website at ndpet.com that gets into the, um, the Chinese medicine and, and feeding, warming and cooling proteins. Yeah. And that was another thing that really attracted me to you because I'm an advanced feng shui practitioner. So having that balance was really important to me. And I was like, oh my God, I've met my tribe. Like these are my people. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, we're big on talking about balance at our company. Uh, when people call and, and, hey, my pet's been diagnosed with kidney disease or whatever, the vet typically tells them, you need to go and find a diet without any calcium or any phosphorus or any magnesium. And the reality is you're just not going to find a diet that provides balanced health for a pet without any of that. We, we really tell people you need to take an approach of how do we seek balance? We know that those minerals like ash, calcium, phosphorus, and magnesium can cause kidney issues, but finding a diet with 0% of that just isn't a reality and it's not healthy long-term for the pet. So how do we find a diet that's balanced with lower levels of that? and balanced in other areas that are more appropriate. Like when you have kidney disease, you want a high animal-based protein diet um, because animal-based protein is easier for their kidneys to digest. The problem is a lot of pet food companies use a lot of legumes or peas and they'll, they'll put their protein levels up to 10, 12, 13%, drive it really high, meets the first ingredient and people think, hey, it's a high protein diet meets the first ingredient. It's high in protein. In reality, it's really high in vegetable protein. Animal-based proteins don't have that high of protein in nature. And the USDA has a great website, the USDA food database. And you can go in there and actually look up ingredients. And I know we always surprise a lot of customers when they go and look and they see that, hey, chicken isn't 68% protein. It's more moderate um, depending on, on different seasonality factors. You'll get somewhere between 17 to about 21% protein. And we really focus on breaking that down, helping our customers understand the balance that you need to achieve and how to read the pet food label. A lot of people don't realize pet food labels are listed prior to cooking or prior to the processing method to keep them shelf stable. And uh, when those diets undergo the retort process or in a kibble, it's cooked and extruded, 
what is the first ingredient likely isn't the first ingredient after you come out. Um, it's likely the meat that's listed first will be the fourth or fifth ingredient. And the vegetable protein will come up to be a substantial portion of that. And companies take advantage of that. Um, we pride ourselves on not doing that. Our ingredient panels, when you um, heat our diets and sterilize them, the first ingredient is gonna stay the first ingredient. And we think that's important just overall balance. There's not enough pet food companies really focused on overall balance. And I'm always telling our customers, when you have a health condition, um, the vet tells you that your pet has kidney disease or IBD. I know it's a big shock, but we don't need to freak out anymore. There's more and more companies taking an approach to this. Let's balance it appropriately. Let's use higher meat diets. Cats are obligate carnivores, so they need meat and dogs do better on a majority meat diet and achieve that balance that's appropriate with them by using appropriate ingredients. So breast, filet, and loin cuts rather than whole carcass. Um, and it's funny because we have a lot of customers that are newer and they'll call us up and they'll go, does your diet have bone in it? No, we only use breast, filet, and loin cuts. And they'll always tell us, well, the current brand I'm feeding I open it up and there's a lot of bone in there. And we're like, yes. And it opens a story for ingredients and balance. And we're big into that talking about why we do what we do. And uh, we do a lot in a lot different areas. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about achieving that balance and um, yin and yang for the pet. Well, and I think that's a great approach because the thing is, is that none of these ailments would exist if the nutrition was correct and, and people were, were um, educating people about the rotation. One of the reason that I was aware of that is because I had a allergy test myself six years ago and the nutritionist that I was working with, she was like, I'm a vegetarian. So I tend to um, eat a lot of the same fruits and vegetables depending on the time of year. And so I wasn't rotating. And she said, you have to be mindful that like somebody who's allergic to grapes, they can't have um, grapes on, on one day and then wine the next day. And then, you know, raisins the third day, she said that you're eating grapes. Like you have to be mindful of, of the rotation. So it's not necessarily that the food allergy will continue, but if you don't rotate the foods, you gain a sensitivity to them. So she exactly. said, it, it's best for uh, you to rotate those, those proteins or those foods uh, every four days. And so that's what I was doing with the cat food is that um, even before I went to the novel proteins as I was rotating. So um, I can only do the quail pork and duck with you guys because everything else has crap that he's allergic to, but I was able to find another brand that does trout. So, and that's a novel protein. It just has trout and like maybe four other ingredients in it. So I have four things and I rotate them. So I literally have them lined up in my pantry so that when I start with uh, the quail next day is trout. Then the next day is, uh, pork. And then the next day is duck. And then we start the rotation over again. So he's, he's constantly getting the mix. And I think what's really great is that, um, a, a lot of my attention has been focused on him because he had lost so much weight, but all of my cats are benefiting. I, I had one that had severe digestive issues and they've gone completely away. I had another one that had bald arms and that's gone away. 
And the allopathic vet had said that Harley would be dead in 45 days. I, I took him into uh, the vet on January 3rd and she's seen him before. I've taken uh, him in numerous times. Like, what do I do? What's wrong with him? He keeps breaking out. And it was always, let's do steroids. Let's do this. And um, this time it was very, very serious because he was losing weight at a rapid pace. And I knew that he was, you know, he was dying. And she said, yeah, he's got 45 days unless you do chemotherapy and give him steroids. And I'm like, this sounds like you're treating the symptom and not trying to figure out what the problem is. And yeah, vets vets are great at treating symptoms. And when we need, I tell people, it's like when we go to the doctor and we need a medicine, we're sick to get better. They put us on a medicine. They're great at treating those symptoms and getting us better with medicine. Veterinary medicine is the same way. In some ways, it's um, even, even you can cure so much with food um, with our pets and vets are great. I tell people all the time, vets are great if your pet needs a medicine or there's some symptoms that we need to figure out what's going on. They're great at that. But when it comes to an extent where it's food related and we can fix it with food, they're not the best at nutrition. If they, they usually, if they get a class in college on nutrition, it's one class paid for by uh, Mars who owns companies like uh, Royal Canin. Uh, mm. I'd agree they're the largest pet food company in the world or Science Diet and Colgate Palmolive um, who owns that. And there's a lot of money in a business model in that that they sell and, you know, they, they do it and the reason we exist is because it just doesn't help a lot of pets and it doesn't work for them. And every day I'm on a phone call two, three or five that, Hey, I had my pet on one of these vet diets and he's not doing well. And the vet says, if I take him off it, he'll die. And if I feed your food, he won't get any better. And I, I'm honest with them, have this story, tell him, Hey, the vet's great at treating medical needs. Your pet needs surgery, needs a medicine. They'll be great for that. But they do lack the nutritional training. There's more that are learning, especially on the holistic side. But we always encourage people, call and have a conversation with the newer pet food companies because they're really taking an approach to how do we tackle this and understanding the ingredients they use and how they impact the pet. And we can have a conversation about nutrition and usually find a solution that'll help your pet. And again, we really think it comes back to cutting down inflammation in the pet's diet, getting a lot of excess sugars out of their diet, a lot of carbohydrates, which those vet-based diets are high in. And I can't tell you, um, it, you know, it's flattering. We have a lot of people call call us and they're in tears. I, 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 Fed the science diet, like my vet said, it didn't work for a few weeks. So I switched to yours and my pets made a total turnaround or I got, my vet couldn't believe, believe the blood work when I got the blood work back. And it's, it's just a testament to what we're doing. We care a hundred percent about every pet. Um, my dog uh, has a lot of digestive upset. So when we formulated this, I wanted to be intentional about taking away digestive upset for pets. Um, we're pet owners ourselves. And first and foremost, what we're doing is always a focus on the pet. And that's different than big pet food. 
and some of these vet-based diets that you'll find. Um, and the reality is there's no difference between our diet and a diet at your vet. There's actually some lawsuits going through the court where people found out there's no medicine in pet food. In fact, it's illegal to have a medicated pet food right now. Those ingredients that they use, there's nothing special. There's a little bit of research that they do, but there's companies using that research and formulating similar diets. And so there's a lot more options beyond your vet and in natural channels, your neighborhood pet stores um, that really can provide a source and a solution um, to help your pet with those nutritional concerns that you see. Well, and I think it's, it's well worth it. I mean, you know, it, it, I will admit that in January, this was all a bit of a shit show because it, it happened, you know, I, I finally got the answer that I had been seeking for so long. And, you know, I, I just, uh, you're supposed to transition cats and do everything gently. I didn't do any of that. I mean, I ripped out the cat litter. I ripped out all the food. I <laughs> No more kibble. Like I got rid of everything. And I was so thankful for this holistic vet for giving me all of this information. He actually uh, also gave me a huge bottle of coconut oil. He uh, said that it was for the inflammation and to help drop the histamines down. But I think what's really great is that you know, I took him in in January and the veterinarian uh, said to me, the allopathic one, she said, he's going to be dead in 45 days. And I'm happy to say here it is, you know, uh, we're now uh, three months into the uh, year and he's already gained two and a half pounds. Like his coat is healthier than it's ever been. We've got weight gain happening again. He's happy. He's playing. He's running through the house. He's acting like a cat. Like I haven't seen since he was a kitten. And it's all because of food. And obviously I would have done this much sooner if I had known that that's what the answer was. And I had him on a really high end food. Um, I thought that I had done my due dil diligence and I thought that I was doing a really great job. Um, and, you know, I thought that I had done good research. And, and that's one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, you know, where do you recommend people go to get the correct information because I feel like, you know, my pets are very important to me and I would much rather spend the money up front to have them healthy and to buy good quality stuff than to spend it at the end. You know, if I had gone down the route of what Doc Paula wanted me to do, she wanted me to do chemotherapy and, and, uh, something else and steroids. And she was throwing all this stuff at me and it was going to be like $3,500. And I'm thinking, no, I think I'd rather just spend that on food. Like right. that seems like the and logical thing to do here. A lot of people don't realize uh, you, you might pay a little bit more for food and to feed a higher quality meat, higher quality meat, higher meat content. But usually there's a significant savings because we can get them off the medicine. We can get them um, better with food. And I always tell people, you know, the, the frustration is there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of good pet food companies, they make good food, but, um, and they, they probably used to make great food. The problem is in our industry, a lot of investment capitals come in as pets have gotten popular and they take companies bigger and want a more mass market. And so they cheapen the product and get away from their roots. And so I always tell people, there's a lot of good information out there. There's a lot of misinformation and we've got to sort through that. But first off, it's critical to tell the pet owner what you were doing 
wasn't necessarily the wrong thing. You just hadn't found that solution yet. And however painful it can be, we can't beat ourselves up um, as we continue to find better options. And so I always tell people, don't beat yourself up. You were doing what you knew was the best at that time. And the most important thing is you took the time to find more accurate or better information and adjust accordingly. So I think that's critical to get out there first of all. But when you're looking for more information, nowadays the first place that, that people go is the internet. And it's a great source and a wealth of information exists out there. But we do, we do tell people to use some caution. Uh, on message boards, there's a lot of information that's spread that's true or not true. And you kind of have to take that, note it down, keep it in the back of your mind, and keep going through other sources of information um, out there with different holistic vets and websites that they have. DrMercola.com, I know, um, is pretty popular for a lot of holistic pet people. I always tell them, call your newer, younger pet food brands. When you find a new pet food brand, call them and ask them about their food. Ask them for a detailed nutrient analysis. Ask them why they're doing what they're doing. And if they're a reputable brand, they're going to have that conversation with you and they're going to provide you the detailed nutrient analysis, um, digestive information. They're going to tell you deeply why they're doing what they're doing, how they're doing what they're doing, and have a baseline level of knowledge. Um, when you call us, you usually get me on the phone, not me, my brother. And we want it that way because we have 10 years direct experience in the industry. We've formulated numerous diets from kibble to cans, treats, so we know how things are done, and we can provide a lot of great information. We're not necessarily the end-all, be-all source, but we think we can give you information and help guide you through that journey. And a lot of small, good, pet, great pet food companies are doing the same thing, and they'll be able to get you that information and help you. And it's interesting because I was listening um, last night to another podcast um, in our industry and the bigger companies are taking notice and they're starting to change and provide more what used to be proprietary data related to um, digestibility and related to detailed nutrients that can really help a pet owner um, and, and take time to answer a phone call. Um, and I think, I think that's the, the best way that you can do. It takes a lot of personal research. There's a journey. There's going to be frustrations more than likely. You can't beat yourself up for that, knowing that you're continually trying to improve. And we're learning every day about better health nutrition and how different ingredients impact a pet. So there's constant new information coming and you just have to be a constant learner be able to, to weed out information that might seem suspect or maybe there's a personal agenda behind it. Um, find authority sources. There's some great holistic vets out there. Uh, like I said, smaller pet food companies and put it all together. And through that journey, we're confident that pet owners learn and end up at a point where they're looking for a human quality diet with not a lot of bone, with breast, loin, and fillet cuts. Um, a lot of what we're doing is what they end up looking for um, at the end of the journey. So <laughs> I, 
I know that's long probably doesn't answer it exactly, but it, it very much for a lot of people is a personal journey involves a lot of heartache, a lot of um, tears potentially. Um, but when you put in the work and do the research and you're able to sort through that information and go, okay, that makes sense. That doesn't you, most pet owners get to a point where they can find a solution that's going to be beneficial for their pet. And, and long-term, and I, I tell people when they find that, because the typical pet owner's journey is they don't seek out a better food or think about feeding a better food until their pet, unfortunately gets diagnosed with cancer or he gets kidney disease or he gets some issue. And that's when they start the journey. And I tell them, don't just, don't just make it for that pet. When you've learned that information, keep feeding a better food to your, your next pet. And a lot of people do, but a lot of people still don't do that. And I think that's most critical is you've got to believe in the information that helped, helped improve the life for that pet that brought you into this journey and keep feeding them those better diets because I'm a big believer over 10, 15, 20, 25 years, we will be able to take a lot of these issues. Um, they won't be a reality. And I think we'll see dogs and cats commonly living in excess of 20 years. Um, it's a journey we're all taking together in a lot of ways. Um, like I said, it can be personal, can be um, a lot of ups and downs, but it's interesting how when you put it through a process like that, um, people usually come out with a solution that improves the lives, um, of pets. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, I think you're right. I think when I was growing up, our cats always lived to be, uh, anywhere from 15 to 20 years old. And, you know, it seems like the common age now, if you keep them on a traditional kibble and crappy canned food diet, I mean, they're usually coming up with some kind of a cancer ailment, diabetes, something by the age of 10, 11, 12. So I think that we're definitely going to see an improvement in longevity of life. And I think that it's, you know, if you do have an animal that is suffering, uh, whether it's digestive issues, whether it is, um, you know, I have a, another friend that has a cat who's balding on his tummy, um, kidney disease, urinary disease. I would recommend, uh, that you go to identity and you find some of their more novel proteins. The most of like, I, I cannot tell you how many hours and hours and hours I spent at PetSmart and Petco, all I did was look at all the brands that they were carrying and just looking at all of the ingredients. And I would literally just sit down on the floor with my phone and I would just research everything. And I think that if more people did this, they would have a better understanding as to, wow, almost every single thing on the shelf has turkey and chicken, turkey and chicken, turkey and chicken. Like I was like, well, no wonder he's allergic to that. Like it's all you find in every single canned food. So if you've got an animal that is suffering from something, go to a place like your company and try something that's considered novel, like bison. You're not going to find that in all the, the canned foods. Yeah. So a lot of people, like I had a, a, a man calling today and uh, <laughs> he said, it's a good thing I'm retired because my pet, it's taken me on a long journey to try and get him healthy again. And 
I told him, and he kept going, you know, I don't want to screw anything up. I don't want to screw anything up. And I told him, I don't think you can make anything worse. If anything, you may find a solution by trying this. And, and that's why I tell people that, that when they do find that solution, it can be very emotional and they feel like, man, I wasn't doing the right thing for 15 years. And I had dogs years before that. And oh my gosh, I was feeding them poorly back then. Maybe that's why they didn't live long enough. That's why I always start out. You can't beat yourself up. Has to be a personal journey, continual improvement. And when you do find something that could be a potential solution, think outside the box, try it for a little while. If it's not working, we can always take it away and go back to what we were doing. But don't ever not take that risk um, to try something that might seem a little unusual or out there or new um, because you'd probably be surprised what you find a lot of times. Um, well, and it's like, my, uh, oh, I'm blanking out on her name. Uh, is it Michelangelo? She said, when you know better, you do better. Um, I think it's that kind of thing where, uh, you just have to take a step back and say, okay, um, this isn't working. The, the health of my animal is poor. So let's try, you know, I think that's, what's really great about your brand is you have off the wall proteins that are not found on the shelf. They're not found online anywhere else. You have things like duck, you have quail, you have pork, you have bison, you have uh, unusual proteins that are not commonly found in dog or cat food. So if you do have an animal that has an ailment, you can take away all the old food that they're eating and put them on this stuff I say, try it for 30 days and see how your pet improves. I mean, I've seen now I'm also mixing in some raw with my animals, but the thing is, is I've seen a huge improvement in just overall demeanor, happiness, playfulness. Like there's a big shift that has occurred because they're, they're all now, you know, all of their lives were flipped upside down because of this food sensitivity that Harley had. But I thought, well, it can't hurt because they've all been overexposed to turkey and chicken. So everybody's going to benefit. <laughs> you said something that was key in that. Try it for 30 days. That's so important too, is try it for a couple of weeks or 30 days. Um, when we're switching a pet's food too often, we'll feed him a little bit and it doesn't work or something changes and we freak out. Try it, try it a couple of days, um, a couple of weeks, 30 days at a minimum and try and get a baseline. The reality is a lot of dogs won't eat the first thing that they're fed on a new food. They'll be a little picky at first. It'll take a little bit while to balance their internal digestive system out. So it does take time to, and I know, um, you know, all of us don't have many, much pace, much patience these days with technology and everything, but taking that time can be critical too, um, just to adapting your pet into something that's new. Well, and I think that, you know, what was astounding to me is that the improvement that I saw in all three of mine was, I mean, within a week. I was already starting to notice improvements, but within that 30 days, it was hands down, like, this is exactly what I need to be doing. And it was, 
you know, it was a little messy. I did make mistakes and, you know, it, it was like throwing spaghetti up against the wall, trying to figure out what I was doing. But the thing is, is I've nailed it. Like, I feel like I've got it all figured out now. I did the research. I, um, got everything squared away. And now we're on a routine in the system and it's working brilliantly because he's gaining weight. His coat is shinier than it's ever been. He's happier than he's ever been. And had I listened to my vet, my, my normal allopathic vet, he would be dead. Like I, I feel like this is a huge win because I saved his life and he's improving and he probably now will live to be 20 years old. So I think it's worth looking into and i just looked it up i think i said michelangelo it's maya angelo it's been a very long day uh but her famous quote when you know better you do better and i think that that's really the approach that you have to take with this is that you know what that's why i'm doing this podcast today that's why i wanted to have jeremy on the show today is because i want people to be more aware of what's going on in our food system uh for our pets and and how uh, it's really an injustice the way that it's been made. And it's like, oh, it's just a cat throw this shit rendering food at it. And it's, you know, it's just a cat. It doesn't matter. Or it's just a dog. It doesn't matter. And to a lot of people, you know, especially you look at a year like 2020, your companions were some of the most important things in your life. Like you want to take care of them and make sure they're healthy and you want to give them the best food possible so that you have more time with them. Like, and we saw we saw 3.3 million uh, pets adopted last year, and now more than ever, I think they're members of the family. And uh, I'm doing a talk on Monday on another podcast about sustainability and preparing for that and thinking about that. I talk a lot about environmental sustainability and everything like that, but looking at creatures that are in our lives that are pets that are like family now and feeding them a diet that can be sustainable for them, that is sustainable for the environment and the food chain and everything I think is critical. And we, we miss out on that a lot. Um, we're, we're getting a lot better um, in dogs positions and cats position in life. Uh, I mean, their family, most people's dogs sleep in their bed. The cats roam the house all day. They're no longer outside alley cats or, dogs that oh, we put no. out in a dog house, the members of the family. babies. <laughs> and so why, I mean, we spend when, we, when we have a, a baby, um, a family has a baby, they spend a lot of money on good baby food and there's a concentrated effort there. Pets aren't any different and we should be putting the same diligent routine and effort and research in to make sure that we we're feeding them the best, um, of our ability. I certainly understand there's budgetary constraints for some people. Um, but I say, don't adopt them then. Like if you're not willing <laughs> yeah. to put in the work and you're not willing to do it and take care of them, then don't adopt them. Wait until you can afford it. That That's a good outlook. You know, I think there are solutions though. And, and working through, that's why we always like to work with people on ours. Um, you know, it might be a little bit more expensive, but usually we can help you usually you'll cut back. I can't tell you how many customers cost. And they say, Hey, I was feeding two cans a day of science diet to my pet. And now I only have to feed one and he's satisfied all day long. And so we can get savings there. Or if it's taking your pet off a of medicine, there's a, a medicine for dogs right now, Apoquil that's being prescribed a lot for sensitivities and anxiety. And it can cause 
quite a few side effects for dogs and really masks some underlying issues. And people pay a lot of money for that. With food, again, we can probably get your pet off those medicines. And in the long run, you might pay more for food, but it becomes less expensive if you look at everything that we include for a pet from veterinary visits, medicines that they might need, and all the accessories. Um, and you can usually find the savings there and help people through so that we can we can do what's best for our, for our pets. Well, and it makes sense that they would eat less because if they're on the correct uh, diet and they're getting the nutrition they need, then they're not malabsorbed. That's the problem with a lot of the foods is they're not absorbing them because they've got a sensitivity to it. So exactly. it, they're constantly hungry. So uh, to me, it just it's a no brainer to say, yes, of course, I'm going to spend a little bit more money to make sure that they're healthy and that they feel well. And, you know, like mine are my kids, like I I can't imagine my life without them. And so I I was thankful to Harley for teaching me this lesson and, and to, you know, force me to persevere and to find an answer. And, you know, I think another thing that's really important to me, and I talk a lot about on this show because I am an advanced feng shui practitioner, what's really important to me is the chi that goes into the food, how it's cared for, the thought processes that are going on in the factory and the the factory itself. And, and how, is it about greed? Is it about, you know, how much profit can we make? Or is there a true love and understanding of we're going to create this brand because of this reason? That's far better chi than greed and building uh, a massive profit and brand because, you know, it's the American way. And so that was also really important to me. And and so I really love your brand and your mission and and what you're putting out there and that you're trying to be a disruptor in the industry um, and really forging a new path for everybody to go, oh, maybe this is how we should be running a pet brand. Maybe this is how we should be caring for our animals and, and truly treating them like the family they are. We say they are, but are we feeding them that way? So, exactly. You, you name it, every big conglomerate's basically in the pet food space. General Mills owns Blue Buffalo. Like I said earlier, Mars owns things like Pedigree, Royal Canaan, Colgate Palmolive and Science Diet, uh, Nestle and Purina, and uh, their assortment of brands there, Merrick and list goes on and on. So there's a lot of money in uh, these conglomerates. There's people making a lot of money. Uh, They're great at um, marketing. God, they market well. And and supply chain, you know, maximizing every efficiency out of something. But at the end of the day, when you're maximizing for efficiency, what's the love for the pet and the care for the pet? And what is, what is your safety protocol like? Um, what is the manufacturing process like? It's probably not the best, to produ- we believe, to produce the best diet. There has to be some give and take. And there's areas where you can't have efficiency to make sure that, um, that the diet's safe. For example, in canned pet foods, a lot of canned pet foods will use a pre-mixed vitamin pack. And that's to get an efficiency. They can buy it from a supplier. It comes in, they put it in the diet and don't think about it. And we saw a recall um, from Hills Science Diet uh, about a year, two years ago for excess vitamin D. Well, smaller brand like us, we take the time, we custom mix every vitamin and mineral. We do that intentionally because we don't want to source any ingredients from China and because we want 
full barcode traceability on our vitamins and minerals with the ability to custom blend them for each unique meat profile. And so it takes a little more time, takes a little bit more effort, but it provides way more safety in that we have full barcode traceability on each individual vitamin. We know where it came from, how much is going in the diet that you don't have in big pet food. And it's steps like that and stepping back and it takes longer, it's more expensive. Um, but at the end of the day, we think it's the most appropriate thing to do because again, it goes back to balance and getting the balance and doing what's right for the pet. Um, <laughs> you know, I talk, I say balance, balance, balance all the time, but at the end of the day, doing what's right for our pets is fully all about balance. Well, I am on board with your mission. I love what you guys are doing. I want to thank you for coming on the show today and sitting down and educating all of my audience and myself too about, you know, your who, what, where, why, and how. I mean, I am just so thankful that I found you guys. I love what you're doing. I'm thankful that, you know, you are disrupting the industry and that you are uh, showing other brands how this needs to be done. Um, and you know, my pets, thank you. They're, they're thriving and they're doing really well. And I feel confident now that I've, I'm finally on the right path and I'm doing the right things. And I feel great that I have a, a canned food that I can, uh, trust and giving to them. And if I travel, I, you know, I feel confident in giving it to the person that keeps an eye on them. And, you know, I just, the proof is in the pudding. They're, they're all thriving. They're all doing really well. All of the issues that each one had has completely gone away. Um, and I think it's just really, I feel good. I'm like, oh, I'm getting it right. I know that they're healthy. I know that they're feeling good. Um, and, you know, that to me is a win. So I'm thankful for what you guys are doing. And I appreciate that, you know, you've, you're taking the time to, to get it right and to do it right and to, to put the right energy into it as well, I think is really important. So um, just a big thank you for what you're doing. If yeah, people are interested in, in learning more about you guys, where do they go? What, what, how do they find you? Well, thank you. Uh, glad I could be on here today and um, to hear that and hear the success that we have across pets. It's truly humbling. Um, and I'm telling and, everybody about you. I really am. I'm like, I don't care you. that it's expensive. Just buy it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's humbling to us. It's fulfilling. It's validating that what we're doing matters um, and that we're helping improve the lives of companion pets. Um, my pet is a big, big, part of my life and uh, I don't know where I'd be without her. And so helping other pets um, that come across elements or that just need better overall nutrition and hearing these results, it's humbling. Um, so thank you, thank you for having us so we could get a little bit more information out there. Um, more information on us, you can find a lot of information at identitypet.com and our phone number is 833 720-PETS or 833-720-7387. And our email is customercare at identitypet.com. And you can reach us through Facebook, um, Instagram as well, at identitypet or at identitypetnutrition.com. Um, feel free to give us a call, shoot us an email. Um, we'll always get back with you um, and help you provide any information you have um, and, and help you through your journey for better nutrition. Um, it's, we take pride in, we talk 
to almost every one of our customers. Every customer that's reached out to us, I think I've had a personal conversation with most all of them. Um, and so, you know, that's important to us. Give us a call. You can find a lot of information at identitypet.com. And we appreciate everyone who supports us and look forward to helping a lot more pets and improving their lives. Yeah. And I will just add your team was amazing. Like I emailed your team and I was like, oh my God, I just found out that my cat is allergic to like 45 things, help. And they responded quickly. They, you know, and I, I couldn't do a variety pack because pretty much everything in it, he was allergic to. So they were helpful. They were accommodating. Like they didn't make me feel stupid. They didn't make me feel like, well, sucks to be you. I mean, your team is awesome. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We're, we're big about, we're insane about customer nutrition and helping our customer and being compassionate and having empathy for them. So um, we strive to have that with every customer as well as quality. Um, if you do end up ordering from us and order online, um, we're improving our quality even more April 1st with custom sized boxes and inserts that reduce our, our plastic footprint, but also provide protection from dents and things in transit. And you can find us in store in 12 states as well. Um, primarily on the West Coast. We are working daily to expand that. And if you have a local neighborhood pet store, we can always be requested there. Um, that's how we grow our store footprint. But you can find the stores we're currently in at our website, identitypet.com find, or um, you can purchase directly from us at identitypet.com. And um, typically you'll have it within three to four days. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you, Jeremy, for coming on the show today and, and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on the show today. I hope that you learned lots of great, fantastic things, and I hope that each and every one of you go over to Identity Pets and start buying up some fantastic novel one-source proteins for your own pet and dramatically see how their health changes. If you'd like to learn more about the Astrology Workshop Part 2 that Sharita and I did, there will be a link in the show notes, and you can also find the link on the website to learn more about that. And don't forget about the Patreon page if you'd like to learn more about feng shui and an interior design and real estate. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.